Worlds can be found by a child and an adult bending down and looking together under the grass stems or at the skittering crabs in a tidal pool. From the American poet Mary Catherine Bateson. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for June 3rd to 10th, 2016, the new strawberry moon. Some natural events for this quarter moon. Henry David Thoreau wrote in his journal, 160 years ago this week, somewhat warmer at last, after several very cold as well as windy and rainy days, was soothed and cheered by I knew not what at first, but soon detected the now more general creak of crickets. We've had a chilly spring this year too, but it hasn't stopped the tent caterpillars, whose websites can be seen in fruit trees far and wide. They emerge from their egg cases, dime-sized shiny pieces of hardened brown foam, deposited last fall on fruit trees, especially cherries and apples. The caterpillars are small now, but may reach three or more inches in length once they have gorged themselves on new foliage. The caterpillars from one nest can defoliate several branches of a fruit tree. Their nests protect them from sprays, so the best way to stop them is the old-fashioned way. If they're threatening a productive tree at night or on a cool rainy day when the little devils are in the nest, cut it out and destroy it, or burn it with a torch at the end of a pole. Not a pleasant task. On wild trees, they can be left alone. They'll do a little bit of pruning. Here's a field and forest report. There are two other caterpillars on the minds of Maine foresters this year. Uh, one is the gypsy moth, Lymantria dispar dispar, which has been a perennial pest defoliating hardwood forests since its accidental introduction almost 150 years ago from a laboratory in Massachusetts where it was being studied as a commercial producer of silk. The gypsy moth does not make a nest, but it can float long distances on a thread which catches the wind. Since its escape, it has spread to most eastern states and into the Midwest and annually defoliates millions of acres of oak and other hardwoods. Now, the uh, other caterpillar of concern is the spruce budworm, Choristinura fumiferiana, whose numbers are rising in Canada rapidly and in Maine as well. The budworm prefer, prefers balsam fir and spruce, which just happen to make up the largest part of Maine's north woods. A budworm outbreak in the late 70s and early 80s hit the forests very hard and cost the lumber industry millions. Experts are expecting another major infestation soon. So here's a rank opinion. At the threat of a major outbreak, whether in your half-acre backyard or in a million acres of forest, 
the pressure to use broad-spectrum pesticides is great, but long, hard experience has shown that this is often not the wisest approach. Populations of Lepidoptera, that is, moths and butterflies, tend to have natural booms and busts, and using heavy pesticides can disrupt this natural cycle, allowing for more sustained populations and ultimately more damage. Overuse of poisons also may destroy the natural enemies of the voracious larvae, as well as beneficial butterflies and moths. Most times, it's better to let nature take her course. After all, she's been doing so quite successfully since the beginning. Uh, now a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you this week. The first from the English poet John Gay, 1685-1732. And what's a butterfly? At best, he's but a caterpillar dressed. And from the American poet Helen Hunt Jackson, 1830-1885. Bee to the blossom, moth to the flame, each to his passion, what's in a name? the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs> <laughs>